Welcome to our Palm Sunday service. Welcome to you if you're here in person or if you are watching online. And uh, I was actually on YouTube the other day. Do you know we get between 50 and 100 views of our online service? So welcome, Jibbeth Cameras. Welcome to you online as well. Um, Palm Sunday, as somebody was saying, Helen was saying in our prayer time just before the service, the gateway to Holy Week. And I just give thanks that our creative teams, the people who God has planted a creative spirit, have been to our church. Just take a look for a moment or two at the beautiful banners, the decorations that really emphasize the whole issue of palms. Our creative teams at the back, our creative band musicians. Lord, I just thank you for the spirit of creativity that you place in our hearts. Hopefully you've all had a... Can you wave your... Yeah, brilliant. You've all had a look. I think it's really great to have something tactile to hold and to remind us of this week, the great week in our Christian festival as we focus on the highs and the lows of Holy Week, culminating, of course, on Easter Sunday, a week today. Uh, Joe will be coming to speak to us a little later on the subject of who is this king coming to town? Who is this king coming to town? But before that, let us just settle ourselves into our time of worship as we share these words from the Iona community. And if you would like to say, or indeed shout, the words in orange, that would be great. Let's stand up and hold our palms as well. We've had a video from George from Tanzania this morning with his Palm Sunday service, and I tell you, they go crazy. <laughs> the choir will stand up, they just shriek and shout. The band gets absolutely ballistic, you can't hear a word they're saying, but they are embracing the coming of our Lord Jesus into Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. Jesus is coming, he is riding on a donkey. Shout! <laughs> Open the gates, open the ancient doors. Wave the branches, spread out your coats. Peace in heaven, glory in highest heaven. Lead us, Lord God, into Holy Week. We tell your story, we follow in your footsteps. Lead us into Holy Week. We walk towards the city. We wait in the garden. Lead us onto holy ground. Amen. Did I? Hang on. We journey towards death, but we hope for resurrection. Lead us into joy this holy week. Amen. I can never get things right. Please take a seat. So, what did the people say as Jesus rode into Jerusalem? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Thank you. And we're going to sing, Blessed Be Your Name. So would the young people like to come and grab some instruments because we are going to celebrate. So I've seen a few. And I'm going to need at least seven volunteers for the next bit, at least. So I want to see some of you young people up here waving your instruments. Would you like to stand?
Thank you, Peter. Right, I need some volunteers. I need some young people. We're going on a, we're going time travelling. I need at least fourteen. But I'll settle for seven. Coming out the front. We're going to travel through time. One, two, three. Oh, four, five. Oh, excellent. Okay. Brilliant. How many have we got here? Two, four, six, eight. That'll be great. Right. Who would like to watch? Should we go on a, a time travelling journey, shall we? Do you know how to travel through time? What you do, okay? I've got a special machine here. Yeah. Looks like a mobile phone, but actually it's a time travelling machine. We're going to go back in time, okay? So what you've got to do is hold your nose like that and put one hand in the air. I'm going to turn around, okay? Are you ready? How far back have we gone? Oh, no, I can see a T-Rex. We've gone too far. Back the other way, quick. Okay. Yep, we're back in Jesus' time. Now, by the way, don't try that at home, folks. It's really not safe. I would like some of you to pick up one of these posters. Can you reach around there? Alfie, thank you. Do you want to hand them out? Hand one each. There's seven of those. We're on the screen. Good. Now, can the... Can you hold those up in the air? There'll be some more for you in a minute, okay? So you just wait a bit. Right. Right. Well, Dennis, what's your name? Zeke. Zeke. Right. What have you got there? A foot. Foot. These are all modes of transport, I should explain. Would you like to hold these up in the air? That's it. Stand on the steps back here. That's it. Come on, Daniel. Okay, well done, thank you. Now, those who've got a picture, would you like to stand on the steps for a moment? And we'll go through and see what they are. Okay, we've got a foot. We've got, what have you got? Elephant carrying some stuff. Elephant carrying some stuff? It's a, it's a war elephant. Uh, a palm tree. <laughs> you, got, you, you have got a palm tree, well done. With, With what? With a camel. A camel, thank you. What have you got? A camel. Well, it's, it looks like a camel. It's actually a donkey with something on its back, isn't it? Sorry, I'm knocking you over. What have you got? Um, a carriage with a horse. A carriage with a horse. It's actually a, a chariot. Do you want to hold it up so people can see? Right, and what have you got? Oh, this is a difficult... You've got the difficult one. I don't know. Shall I hold it up for everybody? Do you know what it is? It's got a special name. Palaquin, well done. You got help. I didn't know. I had to look it up. It's a palaquin. Yes, people get carried on on poles. Oh, and this is a bit of a tricky one. Who's this? Jesus on the water. Jesus on the water. That's right. So these are all modes of transport. Now here's the thing. As we haven't got 16 people, we're going to have to do this in different order. So let's put these in order. Let's assume. Let's think now. If I was a king or an emperor, okay. How would I travel? So if you think a king or an emperor would travel on a donkey, well, not, yeah, it might do. Or this other end, look, this is where somebody, a poor person, would walk. This is our poor, that's right. Would you like to get in some sort of order? Would an adult or somebody like to help? Come on, Debbie. I can blame her when it goes wrong. Right.
absolute accuracy, not necessary. Right, that looks great. Do you want to hold all your posters up now so everybody can see? Right, so on the left we've got... Yeah, well, it's a bit of a tricky one, that, isn't it, really? Miracles. We've got miraculous forms of transport. We've got a palanquin. We've got a war elephant. We've got a chariot. We've got a camel. A donkey and then on foot. Right. Now, remember that order in a minute, okay? Remember that order. So, a poor person would enter in those days, in the days of Jesus, either on foot or on a donkey. Or maybe if they were a king, they'd have a camel or a chariot or an elephant or a palanquin. Perhaps we won't go there at the moment because that's more sort of eschatology. But hey, and we're talking about Jesus arriving in human form. Well done. Now, would you like to pick up these other posters? You two didn't get one. Would you like to collect a poster? You can put those down now. You put those down. Otherwise, we'll get really confused. So one for you. Right, you put this, Jesus, yeah. Oh, wait, hang on, we haven't travelled through time, have we? Hang on, hang on. Ready? Put those down now, put them on the floor, that's it. You ready? Hold your nose, hand in the air, quick. Let me check. Oh, hang on. Donald Trump's president and Boris Johnson's prime minister again. Too far. Oh, horror. Back again, quick. No, today, that's great. Right, now, do you want to hold up these other posters? Now, this time, we're going to look at celebrities, okay? How do celebrities travel? Right, you've got an aeroplane. Okay, hold them up. Those that haven't had... Right, oh, look at this then. Now, what have we got here? An aeroplane. Private jet. What's that? A taxi. A taxi. Do you know what that is? It's a limo. It's a stretch limo. You've got a good one there. You haven't got one. Don't worry. What have you got? A bicycle. A bicycle. What have you got? I don't, um, I, um, I don't, I don't do, um, I don't do that. Well, yes, haven't you? Do you know what it is? Should we hold it up? Yeah. What is it? It is a camper van. It's a camper van. You, you know, that's a very good guess. Well done. Do you, do you know what it's called, Mrs. Palaquin? Tuck, tuck. <laughs> tuck, tuck. And what have you got there? A car. A car. It's a Rolls Royce. Right, do you want to get them in order again? Come on, Mrs. Austin. Where's Tuck Tuck gone? Yeah, we're starting we're starting with celebrities this end here. Well, maybe we're not. Oh, we've got a rocket as well, I meant. Elon Musk. If it Elon Musk would travel in a rocket, wouldn't he? Right, okay. Right. Okay, who's which you got a bike? Which way are you doing this? Oh yeah, hang on. Rolls Royce that end. You got that end. No, in a minute you can. Yeah, right. You go up here. Right. So we have a private jet, a rocket, a stretch limo, a taxi, a Rolls Royce. Hmm, interesting order. A tuk tuk. Invisible man and a bicycle. Hey, have a foot. And on foot. (laughs) And so again, we can see, can't we, that kings and emperors and celebrities would travel in one way and poor people travel another. And here's the thing. Let's put this other slide up now. Thank you, Marion. 
can have that slide. How would Jesus have travelled? Either in his day... You, you, on a donkey. He would, wouldn't he? He would have come on a donkey. He wouldn't have come on a camel or a, uh, an elephant or a palanquin. And if he came today in earthly form... He wouldn't have come on a private jet or a rocket or a Rolls Royce or a taxi or a stretch limo. Foot. It's an interesting one. Or a bicycle. Here's the thing. Oh, we've got the clue up now. Why would Jesus, why did Jesus come on a donkey? Why did he come on a donkey? Um, because he was going into Jerusalem. He was, he was going into Jerusalem. And he was fulfilling the scriptures, wasn't he? Do you know, I didn't know this. When I got the foot, I thought, gosh, that's going to be a tricky one. Why didn't Jesus walk? He didn't walk because he came to fulfill the prophecy in Zechariah. Tell the daughter of Zion, your king is coming to you, humble and sitting on a donkey. God wanted to show humanity. He wanted to show you and I, as we've demonstrated, hopefully this morning, that he chose a mode of transport that was humble. Jesus came to us as a humble man, aligning himself with poor people, people without resources, and he wanted to fulfill the scripture because that's who God says he was. Thank you so much, you guys. That was great. You can put all those bits of paper on the floor now. Thank you very much for your help. That was brilliant. We're going to see the Lego version of this event. And uh, if you want to look it up online, it's uh, Trent Kids. It's the Vineyard Church representation of Jesus coming to Jerusalem Lego style. That's from the message. Yeah, I love these videos. Um, Right, our young people are now going to leave us. So, Father, thank you for our young people. Thank you for their involvement, their enthusiasm, their engagement with your message. And, Lord, as they go to their groups this morning, we pray blessing on them as they study with their leaders this morning their gateway to this, your holy week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for your help this morning. I wasn't sure how that would go. Dave has asked specifically that we run through all of the notices this week for the services and um, I'm sure most of you will either receive through your letterbox if you're living in Malvern or in our parish or will have picked one up. Um, amazing things happening this week. The first thing, of course, is this great Malvern uh, Easter treasure hunt which I'm told reliably if you've got VPN on your phone won't work, but otherwise uh, is a brilliant app. Um, Dave spent a huge amount of time and effort, and there's been acting roles in this. Um, you start, um, well, there's a QR code, so scan it in or go to the website, and it's an amazing um, hunt all around Malf, and I won't give any clues away, um, but surprises. So worth doing, guys. This week, um, our services, um, we have services on Maundy Thursday, midweek here at 11am, and an evening service um, 
at All Saints, which is basically interactive, um, and it's, it takes place all around uh, the grounds and um, building of All Saints. On Friday, we have uh, the Way of the Cross here at St. Andrews at 2 to 3. It's a very reflective and quiet service, as opposed to 3.30, messy church up at All Saints. Um, on Saturday, we have something very different for for you this year, and Joe's going to come and explain um, what that is. Thanks, Barry. Yes, it's just something I thought would be worth just explaining a little bit about because it's it's a new sort of service for us. It's an ancient form of prayer and waiting upon God, reflecting on some of the scriptures that would have been in Jesus' mind as he approached Jerusalem and as he went to the cross. Quite long passages that remind us of the key things that look forward to his coming with opportunities to reflect in silence. And around that structure, it gives us the opportunity to sing some simple Taizé chants, Taizé at Community of, of Hope in France, which many of you will be familiar with. They're simple chants which allow us to enter into the meaning of the words that we'll be singing. And then there'll be times of silence culminating in the hope of the resurrection. So it's an hour's journey, a reflective journey, with beautiful music we can sing together and readings that will remind us of the the things that were in Jesus' mind as he came to the cross. So we're waiting for an hour with Jesus for the resurrection. Thank you. And we'll be doing it in the round as well. It'll be, it'll be very, candles and, you know, it'll be a very sort of atmospheric type of service at All Saints in, uh, at seven o'clock on the Saturday. Thank you. Thank you. flow of our Holy Week, from the breathless excitement of today to the sort of depths and the reflection of the week, and then to the heady excitement of our major festival next week, Easter Sunday. On the website, we've got Nigel Webster starring today. They're reflections every day. Uh, they look really good, about 10 minutes long, so please plug into those. And a fortnight today, we've got the APCM at the 6, not in the morning as we have traditionally had it, but it's at the 6. So I think. Oh yeah, Alpha. Please, if you've got friends who would benefit from an Alpha, or indeed if you feel you would benefit from an Alpha, um, get in touch with Colin or scan in the QR code in the, um, in the notices and plug into that. That'll be happening after Easter. We're going to come now just to a, a time of prayer, a bit of a reflection, and then Joe is going to come and lead us in our intercessions. But I was um, on a walk the other day. Um, we tend to walk the dogs on the hills behind the church here, and it's lovely because you get this wonderful view of Malvern with the hills behind. And as I was walking, the sun was shining, and I looked back and I thought, what would happen if Jesus were to walk into Malvern today? I'm not talking about end times eschatology, I'm not talking about you know the second coming, but if Jesus came back 
as a man again. And I had these thoughts just going through my mind, which I just want to share with you now. Kind of meditation, I suppose. Join in with the sentiments as you feel able. Jesus, what would we do if you arrived unannounced at Great Malvern Station? If you walked into Barnard's Green or into our homes, what would you say? What would we say? Would we even recognize you? Or would we shout Hosanna, praise to the living God? And what might you say? Would you praise us for our faith and our outworking in the community? Or would you, as you did in the temple, the very day after you were welcomed with shouts of Hosanna, turn over our tables? Would you look around at the world of the inequality, the waste and the plenty? Would you see us as trying to be kings and queens in our own lives? And Jesus, would you even come to Malvern? Or would you appear in Afghanistan and weep with the young women denied education and life? Or maybe Somalia or, or maybe Las Vegas to turn over the money tables in the casinos? Jesus, help us to see the world as you do. Would your spirit open our eyes and show us how we should respond to the needs that are so evident all around us? And Jesus, where our eyes have been dimmed by the culture around us, let us see your kingdom values in the light of truth and love. And we're sorry, we are sorry, Jesus, where we failed. But we're so glad to know that not only do you understand our weaknesses and our frailties, but you give us that fresh start. Every time, every day, every moment we confess to you. And so, Father, as Joe comes now to lead us in our prayers for the world around us, would you help us to see the world through your eyes? Amen. our spirits in the light of what Barry has just shared and let's come to our living God who is always willing to hear us to meet with us to hear our prayers to answer our prayers
Let's pray together. Perhaps you might like to close your eyes and just come to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are ever willing to hear us. In spite of our waywardness, our forgetfulness, our lack of interest in all sorts of things that are going on in the world because we get so absorbed with our little world. Lord, help us to remember that you have put us here, you've been with us to share your love and your kingdom and your gospel. And at the beginning of this Easter week, a week when we remember triumph as today and tragedy as the week goes forward, we just come to you in prayer for your world. Lord, we pray that you will forgive us where our hearts have grown hard where we perhaps have become numb to the sufferings of others. And we pray that you would soften our hearts. May we weep with those who weep and love justice and righteousness with the same passion that you do. And we bring your world to you, Lord. Firstly, the area around our church and our homes. When we were praying earlier, Debbie just said, Lord, sometimes I forget there are so many people who don't know you. And we do, don't you? Don't we? We sit next to them on the bus. We see them in cafes and so on. Lord, we pray that as we move around our town and our community, amongst our friends and neighbours who don't know you, we will be challenged to reach out to them and that you would leave a deposit of your love and your grace and your compassion with them as we meet them. Heavenly Father, Jesus said, pray for those who suffering, are suffering hunger, those who lack. Pray for the strangers on our shores. Pray for those who are sick. Pray for those who are in prison. Reach out to them. Touch them with my life and love. And so, Lord, we pray for those in those situations. We pray, O oh Lord, that you will meet the needs of those who are in hunger, even in our own country, but further afield. We think of the famine in Ethiopia and East Africa. We think of drought in parts of Africa too, where people are thirsty and don't have clean water. We pray for those who make provision and try to drill wells and provide tapped water. We pray for those who bring sanitation and dignity into areas where that is not seen in daily life. And Lord, we pray that we will have honour and acceptance for strangers who come to our shores. This is so relevant at the moment in our country. You said, offer hospitality, welcome the stranger in love and generosity, especially those who are homeless and marginalised, those who are displaced. 
And Lord, we pray that we will learn more to be gracious and open and share our resources. We pray for an appropriate easing for the current problems of um, asylum seekers and residents and displaced people and refugees who seek to live in more safe contexts in our shores. Lord, we just pray for wisdom in those situations. And we ask, Lord, for grace, that we can overcome fear and prejudice with love and understanding. We pray that you would help us to build strong, supported neighbourhoods, help us to calm feelings of unrest and reach out to the hurting, lost and lonely. And Lord Jesus, we pray for those who are imprisoned, maybe actually, but those who are imprisoned by their circumstances, those who are imprisoned by sickness, poverty and addiction and hardship of any type. And Lord, as we move around our world, help us to bring your love and your release in those situations. Lord, we pray especially today for those imprisoned by debt. You may know somebody in that situation. Just lift up a prayer to God for them. And Lord, we do pray for CAP, Christians Against Poverty, and the work of CAP within our town and further afield in Ledbury and so on. We thank you for that organisation and we pray for Denise and for Kat who are running that along with Defender, sorry, Befrienders and Helpers. And we pray that you would bring release in that situation. We pray for a long list of people who are going through the process with Denise and Kat and we pray that they will be released from that imprisonment as it were. Lord, we pray that you will bring justice and righteousness and mercy into the places where there are none. We pray especially for countries where there's corruption, even our own. We think we're perfect or more perfect. Can you be more perfect? But we we think we've got it together. But Lord, we know the hearts of men and women. And Father God, we pray that you would bring a release from that sort of thing. Corruption, injustice and cruelty in government or in the police. We pray you protect justice and righteousness and protect those who find themselves in difficult situations of persecution at this time. We thank you, Lord, that you are working in your world, you're working in our community, that you have your people who are bringing release and bringing new life through you into the hearts of men and women, children, boys and girls, young people in our communities throughout the country and throughout the world. And we especially pray also today for Ben and Katie and for George that we've heard of this morning in Tanzania. And Ben and Katie are having to move, the moving house, they need a building, they need a centre for their next venture. And we do pray for that little family, Lord, who have made the sacrifice to leave all and follow you 
to serve you and to serve communities in Tanzania, in Africa. And we ask your blessing on them at this time. Father God, we just pause, ask that you will just take our hearts and lives as we surrender to you, Lord. Just as you surrendered your earthly life and your earthly heart, as it were, on the cross, as we remember at Easter time. But we thank you that you are alive you are alive forevermore and you go forward with us helping and supporting and opening doors Lord Jesus we pray that you would build your kingdom here build your kingdom in Britain in our country build your kingdom in this world we pray so let's just pray the prayer that Jesus taught us as we conclude our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as in heaven give us today our daily bread forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Now going to enter a time of sung worship, so if you are able, please uh, do stand. And we're going to sing one of my favourites uh, when I was a member of a Methodist church. We used to sing this a lot. Crown him with many crowns, the lamb upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns all music but its own. So let's join in with that heavenly anthem.
Please be seated. Let me our reading now, and I just pray, Father, that you would reveal something fresh to each one of us as we hear this familiar reading. And after, Lord, as Joe comes to preach to us, may our hearts and ears be open to hear the message that you have for each one of us. Amen. So today's reading is from Luke 19, uh, verses 28 to 44, on page 1054. Jesus comes to Jerusalem as king. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognise the time of God's coming to you. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, where our prayer is that you would open your word to our hearts and that you would open our hearts to your word. Amen. So, Jesus went on ahead. He was going up to Jerusalem, St. Luke records. Jesus knew exactly where he was going. And he knew what he was going to do. His mission was to seek and save the lost. He was going to Jerusalem to do exactly that. Jesus came for all of us who have that sense of feeling lost in our way of life, lost hope, lost our purpose, 
lost our meaning in life and lost our connection with God's love. And as he drew his final breath on the cross, he cried out, Tet alestai, which means it is finished. It is accomplished, a great cry of victory. It is, that is his mission, is accomplished. God was in Christ, writes St. Paul, reconciling the world to himself through the cross. For Jesus' longing is that every person, every person in this world might experience the eternal embrace of the Father and that creation itself might be healed completely. Now, if we look at our logo that we see whenever we put in mind the things of St. Andrews and All Saints, I think it's a very powerful image. It reminds us of the river of life that flows from the cross and blesses God's creation and blesses his people and all people. But it also has that double meaning of being like a road that leads to the cross. And I love the hills behind that remind us of the Malvern Hills. (laughs) And gives us that understanding that the cross is something that we hold in the center of our culture and our lives here in this area too. Jesus' destination was the cross. And I want to ask first, how does he get there? And I want to suggest two particular things that enabled him to get to the cross. They are the values of courage and trust. Now, if you are walking along a road, putting one foot in front of the other, I want us to imagine that one foot is courage and the other foot is trust. So if you walk off one foot of courage, you push off that foot and you put down onto the ground, you put your weight on the trust. And as you push off the word, the weight, the, the value of trust, you walk forward onto the next one, which propels you forward onto courage. Courage and trust. Courage and trust takes you forward. Those two things in combination, working together, means you can moment, the momentum is taking you towards the destination that you're going forwards. And courage and trust were vital values that enabled Jesus to travel towards his own goal, his mission. For those values, any values are ways of behaving or living, that are aligned to your purpose. You choose your values based on the purpose that lies ahead. And you live by those values and you get to your purpose. That's the great power of values. And for Jesus, those two values, as he went ahead to Jerusalem, were central. And I want to consider each of those in turn, just very briefly. Firstly, courage. Courage is shown in this incredible way 
because it was the first declaration that Jesus was making publicly to the world that he was king. He was so aware of the ancient words of Zechariah. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now the crowds went wild with excitement. They remembered the miracles that he's done and praised for all the things that they'd seen in Jesus' life. But Jesus knew that his enemies would be seething with envy and would stop at nothing to destroy this threat to their power. And of course, Jesus had a choice. He could choose to keep a low profile. He could have chosen to play it safe. But he chose to do what is needed in order to accomplish God's purpose. John A. Shedd wrote these words, A ship in the harbour is safe, but that is not what ships were built for. I just want us to pause for a moment and ask, is that speaking to any of us here today? A ship in a harbour is safe, everything's fine. That's not what a ship was built for. This cargo ship is sailing away from the harbour into the open sea. Who knows what lies ahead? Jesus showed immense courage in taking this step of moving out into the storms that lay ahead. But he also showed profound courage in the actions and words that he uttered as he saw the city. You know, if you've been to the Holy Land, you come round the corner and there's that great view of Jerusalem, clothed, bathed in sun, reflecting off the stone walls. And as he approached this Jerusalem, St. Luke writes, He saw the city and he wept over it. And he said, if you even you had only known this day, what would bring you peace? But now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because he did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Spoken with tears streaming down his face. Yes, it takes courage to speak the truth when you know it's going to be hard for the other person to hear. But Jesus speaks these words with grief in his heart, aching sadness, with tears and lament. They were fulfilled when the Roman Empire destroyed Jerusalem in AD 70. But his heart was so enlarged 
but he was yet to speak these words because they needed to hear and they needed to know that this was when their God had come to them. Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ, writes St. Paul in Ephesians 4, verse 15. Speaking the truth in love, with compassion, with tears, with a heart for the people that we're speaking it to, not harshly, for courage with compassion leads to Christ-likeness. So Jesus put his whole weight on courage. But how did he move forward after that? Because it's not the sort of courage that sort of like is a brash courage and a everything's okay, I'm the hero sort of courage, is it? It was the courage that was based on trust. So when he took the next step, he was able to put his whole weight on trust, trust in the Father. This journey to Jerusalem is a salutary reminder, though, that those who choose to follow in the footsteps of Jesus are most certainly not spared the sufferings that everybody else experiences in life. I know if I was to invite you as a congregation here this morning to share an experience that you've had of terrible suffering, there would be a long queue or maybe maybe not so long a queue because for some of you that has been experience that is beyond words. There's nothing that you can say. It's too painful. And it's happening all the time. I was just deeply moved, I'm sure you were, by Monday's shooting of six people in the convent school in Nashville, Tennessee, where three children and three adults were brutally killed, including their head teacher, Kathleen, Kathleen Kuntz. I mean, <sighs> what love shines from those eyes. One person who knew her well told the BBC News she could speak really carefully in a way that would encourage students to see the best in them and to grow. He said, and she always made her students feel that they were loved by a God who cared about them personally and that it was our job to show that love to each other as fellow people. That was her life. That was her mission. Our head teachers today pour out their lives for pupils that they love to see flourish and grow. The stress and pressure that they're under. And for her, it was the end of her life shot dead. A prayer vigil that was held that evening and I read that the singer Laurel da- Lauren Daigle sang at it instead of giving a planned concert in that area. The name Lauren Daigle means a great deal to me because our daughter, Angharad, gave uh, this copy of a song which she wrote 
to us when we were going through a time of huge questioning and suffering and thinking, what is going on here? Our son, grandson, Huxley, was going blind, and all our prayers and prayers of so many people were seemingly not answered. And she's she's put it in a frame with a sort of torn paper around the edges. I want to share some of those lyrics with you now and just unpack some of the things that are so important in it. This is what uh, those lyrics say. Letting go of every single dream, I lay each one down at your feet. That's the, the surrender. That's the, you know, to Jesus, everything that we have. Every moment of my wondering never changes what you see. I've tried to win this war, I confess. My hands are weary and I need your rest. Mighty warrior, king of the fight, no matter what I face, you're by my side. There's the trust. Jesus is walking beside us. I can't do this, Lord. Can you hear that voice? (laughs) You're not meant to. Let me take the strain. Take my yoke upon you. The chorus says, when you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers, as I cry out to you, I will trust. I will trust in you. For us, it's a cry of hope, not a cry of despair. It's a cry facing reality. But it's recognizing that there's a deeper reality in the nature of God. Truth is, she says, you know what tomorrow brings, and there's not a day ahead you have not seen. So in all things, be my life and breath. I want what you want, Lord, and nothing less. Extraordinary likeness to Christ's cry in Gethsemane. And then she affirms in the last section, the the bridge in the song, you are my strength and comfort. You are my steady shield. You are my steady hand. You are my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. Your ways are always higher. Your plans are always good. There's not a place where I'll go. You've not already stood. That's why I will trust I will trust in you. So when everything else goes, one thing remains. We hold on to God and each other in surrendered trust. We hold on to God and we hold on to each other and we find ourselves held. And so Jesus, when he had reached the cross and he had accomplished his work of opening the way for us back to God, turned to his Father in heaven and cried 
Into your hands I commit my spirit. And as he placed his trust in those words, so he received the courage to die. For when he said this, records St. Luke, when he said this, he breathed his last. Courage and trust, trust and courage, all the way to the cross. So who is this king coming to town? He is the king of kings, the king of kings, the king above all other kings, who does the will of God, fulfilling his purpose by walking all the way to the cross in courage and trust, courage and trust, courage and trust, courage and trust. This is the king who is sovereign over us and over all, now and always will be. And we're going to acclaim him as king now in a song which we're learning. That as we move into this song, I just want us to ask the Holy Spirit to bring to mind the one thing that he's saying to us now in this service about his sovereignty about our courage and trust that he gives us? Is there a foot on which we are placing on the ground now that we need to put our weight on? Is there trust and courage walking with Jesus? Let's be still for a moment. And after the service ends, let's please do come forward for prayer if that would be helpful for you. We can just remain seated for the first part of this song as we hear.
ourselves to you, Lord. For you rule and you reign. You are God and we are not. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for opening up the word um, this morning to us and uh, showing us a little more clearly who is the king who is coming to town. I just love some of those phrases. You're working for our, us, God. You are sovereign over us. And I remember, Joe, the two steps, trust and courage. And uh, I always think of that old song, One Step at a Time, Sweet Jesus. But we're not going to sing that. We're going to close our worship this morning with Hosanna, our final chance to say Hosanna as we open the gates to Holy Week again this morning.
Jesus. Accept our offering of worship this morning. Accept our offering of our time, our talents, and our financial giving. And as we journey with your Son in this week of remembrance and hope, help us to understand you and your love for the world more clearly. Give us the courage and compassion of Jesus to live and work as kingdom people. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. And just before we go for coffee, Dave wants to come and share a few words about um, the chaos weekend. I'm going to be very quick. Don't worry. Um, Greetings from all saints where I've been this morning. We've had a special service up there. But um, some of you will know that we've had 15 young people on... uh, a weekend away at Gaines Manor, which is about half an hour from here. Um, I've seen the photos. They have had a whale of a time. They've been in combat archery. They've had a murder mystery. They've been canoeing. I've seen my daughter have pushed my son in after three minutes. Um, they've just had a whale of a time. But I just wanted to share some messages that I got through at 7 o'clock this morning from Liz, um, who's heading that up. She says, morning, all good here. Great weekend and some incredible conversations with the kids. God has been moving powerfully here. Very little sleep, though. <laughs> the teaching program has been really has really captured their imagination, and they have really engaged with the discussion groups, conversations spilling very naturally out of the God slots and into free time and activities. Some really challenging, interesting, thought-provoking questions being asked by the kids too. Lots to build on when we're back. Amazing bunch of young people. You know, we celebrate that, and I just want to say one of the lovely things when I look down at the list of names that are going, 15 names that were there, only four of those names were part of us before Christmas. 11 of those have joined us since Christmas. That's remarkable. You know, God has been... So they, they, they finished at 2 o'clock today. Um, Tristan, who's been there a weekend, is preaching tonight. Pray for him. <laughs> but let's go on Pray. God is doing something in our young people. God is stirring up a new generation that we just saw. And um, next Sunday evening, just to say two, uh, not two people who've been on the weekend away, but um, Flo Salah and Taylor, um, who's Helen May's grandson, are being baptised here next Sunday evening. I've had some brilliant time doing some baptism prep with them. They've got some great stories to tell, some lovely stories. You'll Just lovely stories, including how Sarah and Flo have just interacted. Um, and uh, come along next Sunday evening for their baptism to finish off this amazing Holy Week.